Dear church family, thank you for your kindness to me over the holidays. It is acts like this that help me know that God is good and that hearts and shoulders are touched. That's God's promise to me. And that was from Michelle. Um, I was supposed to read that last week, and uh, I didn't, because I forgot it. But I think it was meant that I forgot last week so that Debbie could remind me this week, because I, uh, I sat in the office this morning, and <clears throat> I came to church here yesterday. And You ever had those days, did you ever done devotions, and you just not feel it? Has anybody ever done that? You just, you sit down and you read and you pray and you just don't feel like you've done anything. You don't feel like that you got it. You don't feel like that you understand it when you do read it. And sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. Don't lie, you in church. Um, but yesterday I just, I just sat and just pondering and, uh, Normally during the week, I'll, I'll get something, a thought, or just a word, maybe a scripture. Um, and that's kind of what God will put on my heart for the week, and then I try to share it with you um, on Sundays and Wednesdays. But yesterday was not one of those days. And uh, this morning, I came in, and I'm going, God, we're behind And uh, I came out and Tommy done his normal and asked me for a title. And I said, uh, I have absolutely nothing this morning. So I have no prepared message. I have no prepared word. Um... And I was sitting back and I was just talking to Tommy and if y'all don't mind, I'm just, I'm going to open up my heart to you. Um, this may be something, Tommy, I, I don't know. We, I may just get started, but we'll see. This past week, um, and Tommy, I'm probably going to share this offline. You can record it if you want to put it up later. We can talk. Let's just see how this goes. But um, Monday, I'd gotten a phone call, or Debbie had gotten a text, and then Debbie had. Uh, told me that I needed to, to go up um, to my mom's house. and Well, anytime that somebody just tells me, hey, you need to go see your mother, I'm, what's wrong? And, uh, and she said, nothing's wrong with mom. She said, Justin has passed away. Um, 
Justin is my nephew and was 27 years old and um, he'd gone through a rough life and uh, I really feel like I'm supposed to share some of this stuff with you. Because I think so many times we uh, we feel that we've got it bad. And we think we have time. And I think God wants to talk to you this morning to let you know we don't have either. You're not as bad off as you think you are. You don't have as much time as you think you do. But um, I go up and uh, we go to the funeral home and I go up with my other nephew that's there and his sister and, and my sister showed up and not Lisa but my other one and uh, Lisa had to tend to her elderly husband and keep him at the doctor and keep him well behaved but um, we go up and uh, y'all okay hearing a little bit about my life's history with my family because I, I want you to understand something I want you to know something the things that God allows us to walk through in life. Though it may not be for, from God. God will use it for his purpose. And. Uh, Tommy, I didn't think I had anything this morning. So there we are, we're in the funeral home about to make arrangements and not something that I wanted to do for my nephew. Um, I'm not going to give you all the family history, but I'm going to give you bits and pieces because I want you to understand something in your family. And I want you to get something. We're sitting there talking and my nephew's mother um, wasn't there and hadn't seen her for years. But his, his wife had walked through the door and she came in and she just stopped at the door and she looked at, looked at me and looked at my nephew and as we were waiting on the lady to come in to talk. She went ahead and she sat down and she's sitting and looking at this lady. This lady is talking to her about the procedures and 
We've had to do this a couple times, man. This isn't, it, it's not good. I, I don't like going to funeral homes and talking to funeral directors and whatnot about any setting anything up. I, I hated it with my dad, and I just, it's just not something I want to do. Um, but she's sitting there, and I, I know where she comes from, and she too's had a rough life. And yeah, you know what? Some of us make choices in our life, and some of the choices that we make aren't good. Thanks be to God, some of us by His grace come through them. There's others that learn hard lessons. Um, but that doesn't make them any less than us. And she's staring at this woman and they're talking about everything and I'm looking at her and the flesh side The flesh side, I didn't even think she deserved to be there. I know y'all have never felt that way. And I'm sitting there looking and... Boy, some of our hard-headed stuff, man. You know, God administered to us in places we ain't expecting it. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking. And I begin to feel sorry for her. I just couldn't help but, but think. You tell me we were talking about mental capacities. Some of us, we, we look at others that may not have the same mental capacity as us and, and, and we judge them and we think that they should react and, and act the same way we do. When, in fact, they just don't carry that type of mentality to be able to overcome things. And I'm sitting there and I'm just looking and I'm going, God, what a time to realize the mistakes you've made in life. And now you can't fix them. What a, what a time to, to think about your spouse, your, your husband, your wife, and what all has been done in that relationship, and it's too late to recover. I mean, the family doesn't have... They don't have any finances. They're, they're not set up for that. So not only is she having to sit there. Tommy, we're not going to put this on the air. But this is something you need to hear. See, I can, I can do this in, in the comfort of her, of her home. Because I know there's no judgment. Some things you can't just spread across the face of the waters. But there's no finances there to handle 
and they spin this piece of paper around and they put it in front of her and go, I need you to sign here and sign here and this is the cost and we, we need 50% up front in order to start the process of the cremation. And I watched a little lost girl stare at a piece of paper. I can only imagine what was swirling in her head. And can you imagine what you might have been thinking? Being in her position. Knowing you don't have the money to do it. Knowing that now you're facing some things that you've wronged. It's too late to bring it to right. And now what am I going to do? And the emotions. But after we go through that, she goes downstairs and we go to, to view Justin. And, and then I'll start watching her break down and cry. And see, some people would look at her and go, well, it's too late to cry now. You should have thought about that. Before. And I couldn't. I felt sorry again. Because now it's too late. We separate and we leave for the day. We go about our business. And Friday, um, we had a memorial service for him. And there were more people there than I thought would have actually be there. There were some people there that I didn't know and some people I'll probably never ever see again. Um, But I'm sitting there and I'm watching another nephew of mine, which was the brother of the one that just passed. Another struggles with a mental capacity. Um, he's not that he's not that bad off mentally, but he his communication skills are a little lower. Um, he shuns everybody off. I was just sitting and watching, so I didn't feel as bad when he doesn't, when he doesn't talk to me or he doesn't hug his meemaw or, you know, because I watch him. He does the same thing to everybody. He pushes everybody away. But I'm sitting and I'm watching him, and here he sits. Everything that he's been living for has been stripped away from him. It's gone from his grandfather, my dad, to my brother, his father. And now his brother. And here he is left alone. With a mental capacity not like yours and mine. So God begins to get me again. And I'm sitting and I'm watching the boy. Maybe trying to figure it all out. I'm sure there was hurt. There was probably some anger. I think there's still some anger there. Um, but they, they had a decent relationship between brothers. They were, they were okay. They wasn't, um, they wasn't at each other. And, uh, and I look up and I see his mom come in. I've not seen for years. 
that left them when they were in diapers because of worldly draw. And again, pity strikes me. Because I look at another lady that now it's too late. Man, the, the hardest thing I think you can you and I can do is live a life in a wish. And what I mean by that is looking at a circumstance or a situation that we're in now and wish we would have done differently. And I hadn't talked to her much at all. Um, even, even when she was married to my brother, I, I mean, we weren't, we weren't closely knitted. Um, we weren't around much anyway. My family's always been Virginia Beach, that area, and back this area, and we just hadn't been around that much during all that process, but I sat and I watched her and I, again, another mental capacity less than ours. And some people would have looked and said, well, you should have thought about that. And she came and she sat down with Debbie and I uh, while we were eating. She kind of sat in a, another chair, Debbie Debbie was at the end of the table, and I was sitting here, and she pulled up a, a chair off from the table just to talk, and she talked about my baby face. She said, you used to have that baby face. Boy, how times changes us. I mean, don't have... <laughs> I say it like this, but I mean, she's got a few, but I said, I ain't got a tooth in her head, but she's got a few. But if you know anything about people that are on drugs that do crack and stuff like that, they're, these portions of their teeth get eat up by the, and here she is, she's sitting down and she gets taught me. She said, so do you drink anymore? <laughs> And we laughed for a minute, and she said, I stopped drinking. And I said, Kathy, I'm proud of you. I said, good for you. Don't do drugs. They've been drug-free for a while. And I said, good for you. And then she started talking about how she wished. And she was talking about her, her son that's alive, and how she just wished that her and Albert could have a relationship. And I said, I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to really work on this relationship. And I said, it doesn't have to be extravagant. And you might be sitting in here this morning, listen, there... There's relationships in your life that may be broken... And you think you have to do something extravagant to make amends 
Can I tell you just a little dab of do you? Love covers a multitude of sins. And if we can learn to share love with people, just a little bit, a little bit at a time. And I said, I want you to do me a favor. I said, why don't you just go to Hardee's, go to McDonald's, go just go grab a bag of food and just go and knock on your son's door and say, hey, let's just have lunch. I said, just try. She said, well, he always pushes. I said, sweetheart, I'm almost t- telling you people's names. too. I need to be quiet, don't I? Because some of y'all might use it for ammunition. But I said, just go. And I said, you don't have to worry about him pushing you away. She said, I tried to hug him, and he pushed me away. And I said, don't feel bad. If we go to hug him, he's going to push us away too. She said, well, I'm glad to hear that everybody gets pushed and not just me. But I'm talking to her about just working this relationship out with her son, making amends. Let's do what's right now so that we don't have to worry about the wish later. But pastor, it's hard. It's much harder when you can't fix it. Anybody anybody here live with regret of something that they can't, it's too late to fix? It's hard to live with that regret. It's easier to attempt to try to fix now. Because we're going to wait until it's too late. And if you wait until it's too late, guess what? This is real deep. I studied long and hard for this statement right here. If we wait until it's too late, it's too late. It's pretty deep, wasn't it? Stayed up all night trying to think of that one. Tommy, can you pull up a couple verses? I just want to share a few verses. Um, Do John 15. 12. I just I, I just really think that God is trying to to cause us to understand it. And maybe this is just for me this morning. Maybe it's not even for you. Maybe it's just for me. this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, this is my commandment. Is that you love one another as I have loved you. Boy, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't wait until it was too late? Tommy, go to Galatians 5.13.
Pastor, this is nothing I wanted to hear on a Sunday morning. I'll finish it on a high note, I promise you, because I'm holding something right now that I know has already taken place, but I'm holding on to it because I want to give you, you always have to give people hope. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Just because you've been set free, don't use it for selfish fulfillment. Use the freedom that you possess in Christ for someone else that needs that liberty as much as you do. Because we all struggle day to day, day by day. Some of us just, some of us don't even want to get to the end of the day because we know we're going to have to face tomorrow. And tomorrow has always led to be the same as it was today. Because a lot of us tend to have a tendency to hold on to our yesterdays and we just keep living in that and and we have that you know I, I totally get the thing of mourning and and thinking about the life of a loved one that's passed on and I, I totally get that but what I don't get is living in that I, I don't it's been hard for me to understand that. It's been hard for me to get that, especially as Christian people. And, I, and I'm not casting judgment here. I'm just asking that you actually get into the understanding of, of mourning so that you, you have your time of mourning. But there's a time for laughter and dancing. And, and if we live a Christian life the way we say that we live a Christian life, we should not find ourselves living in depression because in the presence of God, there's joy, there's liberty, there's freedom. And I don't want to be tied and bound. And it's not that I don't, listen, and, and I've gone through a lot of deaths. I've gone, I've gone through my father, my brother, now my nephew. We've, we've gone through those. We've passed through those. But I can't keep holding on to the fact that my dad's gone. There, there's nothing. And you're going to... I'm glad Debbie's not in here this morning because she would just go crazy on me after church. I'm not being heartless. I'm just saying, listen, Jesus died that you would have life and have it more abundantly. You can't tell me that you have abundant life setting and stressing about the things that have passed on. Worrying about things that have passed on. I'm trying to help set you free this morning too. Because see, if we fix things now and if we love one another now, we don't have to worry about we didn't love them when it's too late. Will you fix today? Stop worrying about yesterday. Fix today. Who, who can you love in your family today that you haven't been loving? Who, who in your family can you take care of today that you haven't been taken care of 
What, what in your life and what in your time today can you sacrifice for someone else to have better? Don't wait till it's too late. What's too late, Pastor? I don't know. In this case, it was 27 years. Do you know that death don't has, it doesn't have a, a chronological time? Death has a kairos time. When God said, that's your last breath, that's your last breath. Debbie and I have, we've buried seven-month-olds. We've buried up to, I think he was 83 or 84 years. So we've seen them stretched out. Death has no age. So don't think you've got tomorrow fixed today. And when you leave, I hope you're picking up the phone. Listen, I hope this is as heavy on you as it was on me as I sat and watched this family. Having nothing, like Tommy said this morning, just surviving. And that's what they've done. I, I, they just survived until they couldn't. We don't want to be in that situation. We should be trying to find a way as Christian people that we say that we love God, but we can't love our brother. The Bible calls us a liar. He said that the love of God's not in you. And I'm talking immediate family right now. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about church family. Because I, I, church it's a, it's a different wrecking crew. Church family's hard to love all the time. Because everybody got something. But if we realize that we have something too, it's a little easier to love our church family. But I'm, I'm ministering directly to your immediate family. Your husbands, your wives. Your mothers, your fathers, your grandfathers, your grandmothers, your children, your aunts, your uncles, family. Guess what? They're not going to do everything you like. So what? You're probably not doing everything they like. But can't we see past our personality traits and our differences to understand that we're to love them anyway? We're to love them regardless if we can't love our own family, how in the world am I going to love you? You ain't nowhere close to my family. I'd have never known you if you didn't come to this church. But if I can't love my own family, don't tell me that I'm, i got to behave. I don't want to. It angers me. That we fly banners over our head of 
how, how Christian we are. But in the same breath, we can, we can spew things out. Being that this isn't going to be put out, I'm not going to tell you who said this, but I know she's a Christian woman. And I, I do know she loves God, without a doubt. But the mother of this child came and seen this board with pictures on it. And she said, whose pictures are these? And this lady responded and she said, they're mine. She said, well, how did you get them? She said, I was here to take them. I said, ouch. Oh, I corrected the response. We got to be so careful. Because see, we think if, because we done something and they didn't, This is why I love talking to people that go Christians for the week. <laughs> Come and walk with me for a while. Show me how weak I have to be to be a Christian. Because every day I check it, it's a little complicated for me. I don't walk, uh-oh. I don't walk in love all the time. <laughs> Pastor, sorry, neither do you. Time to go to Ephesians 4.32. Y'all okay with this this morning? Are you disappointed that you come? Because I, I know when God wants something said because he don't talk to me. <laughs> he just waits until it's time to talk. Because if he talks to me, Michelle, I'm going to put it in something else. That's why I love preaching without notes. I want the Spirit of God to be so free in me that I'm not tied to anything. But I got some scripture because my memory's not that well. And be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Boy, that is a hard one, isn't it? Even as God in Christ forgave you. Boy, the challenge isn't the challenge isn't the forgiving. The challenge is forgiving the way Christ forgave us. Let me stay on this for just a second. Let me break it down with you. Christ forgive us even before we done it. Christ forgave us even while we were doing it. Christ forgives us before we get it done. Are y'all hearing me? This is the love that we're talking about that Christ has for us, that God has for us. God said that he, he loved the world so much that he, he gave his only son. He gave his only son in the hopes that the world would accept him. Catch this. 
When we say we love someone, 99% of the time we're saying we love them. He's not here this morning so we can talk about him. We love him based on what he's done up to this point. Now in the next 15 minutes, now that might be a different story. But up until now, we love him, right? You have to love him regardless What if you loved them now and you didn't know that they were going to wrong you tomorrow? Will you still love them tomorrow? I want you to think about that. How many, how many relationships have you broken through your lifetime due to wrongdoing towards you? How many people have you cut out of your life because they've done you wrong? How many people have you cut out of your life because you thought they'd done you wrong? I think we all have a pretty good pamphlet, don't we? It's got several names. It's probably one of those five-subject notebooks, college rule. <laughs> See, teachers can get it. I would imagine a lot of us and some of the relationships that we cut away were relationships that God ordained in our life that it may sharpen us so that we would grow in him. But instead, when God sharpened us, man, it's not going to be easy all the time. There's several stones that are used in sharpening you, you want it to get easier? Accept the rough stone first. Because it will go from a rough stone to a medium stone to a fine stone. And the fine stone don't hurt as much. It's still cutting away. But it doesn't hurt as much. The rough stone, if you ever sharpen knives, the rough stone gets you the edge. But we rebuke that part because we don't want things in our life to be cut away that, that harshly. We, we like them a little, if we can deal with gradual change, we're okay as human. But let somebody come and try to change something instantaneously in our life. We throw out both hands, we dig our heels in the dirt, and we go, ain't no way, it's not happening. And God put people in our life for that. And if, if truth be known, if we would have held on to some of those rough stones in our life, imagine where they could have taken us. Imagine that person that was there to rough cut some areas in your life, like to help you get rid of some of your bitterness, right? Try to get away with some of that. If we would have kept on to them, I wonder if those people would have had a treasure in them. Because the Bible says the kingdom is like this treasure that's hidden within us. Everybody, all of you have a treasure. Every one of you. This is why I have to learn and walk in honor. I've got to honor you whether I know you or not. I have to honor you because there is something in you that God put in you that would benefit my life 
But if I can't honor you and love you through a process, I'll never access that treasure. I'll never benefit from that treasure that God put in that other person. And there's so many people that I have kicked out of my life that sometimes I wish that I would have just stayed and said, okay, we're going to go through this because I know there's something there and I'm just waiting on God to reveal it to me. But if I don't honor that person, I'll never receive it. And we've kicked these people out of our lives and they could have helped us through this step in life. They could have helped us out in that step in our life. They could have taught us something here or, or brought us to this point. They could have done something to benefit us, but yet we decided, I don't want you telling me I'm wrong. Mr. and Miss Pride. Mr. and Miss Arrogant. Right? I, don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. You're doing it wrong. See, don't tell me. Come on, we, you ain't never said that. Don't tell me that I'm doing it wrong. You ain't no better than I am. Have you ever said that in your lifetime? I don't know who they think they are. They ain't no better than I am. Hey, come on. This is how Christian people talk. And the whole time God is trying to work something out in us. But because life gets harder, because there's change that comes, we, we have this tendency to turn away and walk away because it's easier not to deal with that then. But what happens when it's too late? You don't think God put a child in your life to work your everlast nerve? Shoot, you got a couple minutes, let me talk to you. But we have to learn to love them through it, don't we? I know you'll, see, your husband in here, so I can talk about him too. I know they were all just pure angels for him, but I think you got a thing or two about them. Not every person that we face in life is going to have everything that we desire. And they're not going to do everything we want them to do. And everybody is going through their own challenges in life. We have to learn to love them through those challenges. God loves me regardless if I mess up or not. Okay. I just think I just think I watered it down, didn't I? I said mess up. Whether I sin or whether I don't, he still loves me. Does that mean that I'm to go and sin? Paul said, no, 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 no. Don't get it. Don't get it confused. Just because you have liberty don't mean that you go and do whatever it is you want to do. Just because you got grace don't mean that you can go and do whatever it is that you want to do. We have to learn to love people through the problems. Oh, I, listen, I'm sitting right beside you right now. It's hard sometime, ain't it? My sister ain't always perfect. You better be glad she ain't sitting in here. 
I have to learn to love her through it. My wife's not always perfect. I have to learn to love her through it. I'm not always perfect. (laughs) You have to learn to love me through it. See, it's not so hard, is it? It's just to understand that everybody has their side of the street. Just because we don't live on that side doesn't mean that we judge them from our side. We ought to go live on their side. We got time for one more. Romans 12, 10. And then I'll finish my story with you. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. If you just read that, it doesn't ring a bell, so I want to dissect it and give it to you. Smaller pieces. Be affectionate to one another. Have you ever had to be affectionate? anybody come on husbands and wives y'all ought to be saying yeah Dennis it's hard but we have to be affectionate it's hard to be affectionate but the but the Bible is telling us to be affectionate You know, it's not so much your words that you might speak. It might just be the hug that you got. And listen, I'm telling you, I'm learning this process of this pastor thing. It's hard for me. Because sometimes I don't want to be affectionate. Sometimes I just want to tell you where you stand. You want affection, and that's the only thing that trips your trigger. You need to go see Debbie. (laughs) But be careful, depending on how the moon is. (laughs) I used to tell them all the time, baby, God God didn't make me a nurse. He made me the doctor. I cut them open, you hem them up. But I found that it's not always the case. Because I have to minister to your hurt too. Even a doctor will come and check the dressing, right? It's hard for me too. But you have to love me through it. See, you can't, you can't get mad at me, Michelle, when I say, look, do yourself a favor, get over it. You can't be mad. You, you've got to... I will automatically turn your mind from all the problems that you have in your life if you would learn to love me. Because you're going to look at me and go, 
poor soul. I love him so much. And you go start praying for me, and next thing you know, you don't forgot about you. See how that works? Man, God's got this thing down. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. See, I have to compare brotherly love, Christ and me. I have, that's how I have to view this. I can't view this as me and you. Because that's not always going to be there, right? Pastor going to say something, you're going to walk out, you're going to go, next time he says that. I can't believe he's talking to me about that. In honor giving preference. How many of you have ever made a decision based on someone else's desires over your own? You've done that very often? Oh, but we don't, we don't like it, Michelle. That's, that's a mother and a child. We're going to do that regardless, I think. But if we're talking about adult to adult, husband to wife, friend to friend, I wonder how many of us have said, you know what, it don't matter what I want to do. What, what do you want to do? See, my wife, she got me one time. And this is when God was just, he churned me. You ever seen them butter churners? I mean, they beat the snot out of you, and that's the way I was getting beat. I loved, loved past tense, because if you say that you love it now, you don't allow anything to interrupt it. I loved to hunt, and we would hunt all the time. Every waking moment that we could get in the woods, we were in the woods. Tommy can, Tommy can testify to this. Tommy, did we not hunt in a hurricane? Y'all let, I'm serious. We, did, we squirrel hunted, didn't we? Looking for a squirrel in a tree, and the trees are blowing like this. We used to love hunting. Or I, I used to. He still does. But I used to love hunting. And nothing would take precedence over that. I used to tell Debbie all the time, even when we first got married, when we first met, I said, here's the deal. You got 10 months out of the year. And you can ask me for anything. But for two months, don't you even look at me. I'm going hunting. That was a sign. I had it on my front and on my back. I'm gone hunting. I'm going hunting, I'm gone hunting. That way when I walked up to her, she already seen it. <laughs> and wouldn't you, wouldn't you not just believe? One day she said, hey, I want to go to Ohio to see my dad. It was on opening day of muzzleloading season. See, y'all don't know about it. If you don't hunt, they don't, they don't understand it, Dennis. They don't. Man, you, you want to make a grown man cry, tell him he can't hunt on opening day. I made a decision. 
to tell her okay. Not before God slapped me in the back of the head about 1,500 times. It took him a minute. I'm, no, woman, you crazy. It is muzzleloading day. I am not going to be in Ohio. That didn't go over well. I went to Ohio. I did. First time I'd ever miss open the day. I miss open the day, are you crazy? But I went. Oh, I, sweetheart, let me tell you something. It was almost silent treatment from here all the way to Ohio. But I decided that maybe I shouldn't be miserable about this the whole time I'm there. Oh, not that I didn't make the gestures. You know, we love each other so much we always poke them, right? Just to let them know how we really feel. I said, boy, I bet you Tommy and them's out there shooting one. And she said, well, I guess you're not today. And, but I made it through it. And then I realized, you know what? There's more important things in life than me spending my time away from family and doing the things that... I really enjoy doing. And now what, what happened there was now she starts saying, hey, you going hunting tomorrow? Are you, are you going to take this week off and go hunting with Tommy? Man, it, something happened. And then she laughs at me because I get up Pastor, what's this got? Just hang on. It's got everything to do with it. I told you it's what no, I don't have any notes up here. That's all I brought you. <laughs> Forgot what I was saying. She asked me something. Oh, she laughs at me now. It used to be we didn't care if it was wind was blowing 100. That was normal. If it was raining, that's normal. We going hunting. Matter of fact, that was one. I don't think we hunted unless it was raining. Now I get up, look out the door, four o'clock in the morning. Oh man, is that that's a leaf? The wind's blowing. I go on back to bed, and I wake up, and she goes, "Thought you was going hunting today." I said, "Well, the wind was blowing." And she just laughs at me and leaves me alone. One day I'm past Fincastle in my truck going hunting. And God said, turn around, go to the church. Y'all know what I said? I was already that far in. I said, today? I made a U.E. and went back to the house, got dressed, and went to the church. When we set others above ourselves, see, because I'm starting to find out some things. If I put God first, he'll put all the other things in my life. You got it, Michelle. Seek the kingdom first, and then I'll, 
He says, I'll add all these other things. Don't you know that's what you pray for 90% of your prayer time? Are things. God, I want this, and God, I need this, and God, you got to help me with that, and God, rent's coming due, and God, you know I've got to have, and God, you know. We spent all that time in prayer, and we never said, hey, Daddy, good morning. I love you. How are you today? Is there anything specifically that you needed me to do? Come on, I'm talking to every one of you. That's how we do it. And I started to realize, man, if I can put God first, it doesn't matter what Tommy says about me and laughs about me. I asked him to go to that tree that I was called out of. He won't even go to that side of the ridge. Matt said he wanted to go hunting. Tommy said, I'm going to put him in your tree stand. Matt didn't go. If I put daddy first, see, I didn't even go hunting this year, but I got some deer meat. Ain't we? See, it, that don't matter. It matters to me. I like venison. I didn't, bought my ticket, didn't even go. God's truth. Told Debbie I made my donation for the youth for next year so that they can go and hunt. Listen, I'm telling you all of that, and I'm bringing you right here because I want you to understand something. Because I don't want you to walk out of here feeling like, well, it's too late. And then you begin, because human nature is, we will take what I've been talking about up front and we will pile that on our shoulders. Now it will become a burden and it will oppress us for the rest of our life because we didn't do what we should have done. And now it's too late. So this is how we'll end it. My mom is eat up with people's salvation. She's got a heart for the loss to the point that mom emotionally and mentally will be destroyed if someone passes on and she doesn't know for sure, listen, my mom, I've, I've, had, to, I've had to counsel my own mother. I said, Mom, it's, it's one thing to have a burden for lost souls, but it's another to live and dwell in that well. You can't save everybody, Mom. Matter of fact, you can't save anybody. All you can do is either plant or water. That's all you can do. Don't tie yourself up to that. Listen, if they didn't give their heart to Christ, I promise you, it's not because God didn't try. I promise you. Listen, God's working on them when you're not. When you're mad at them today, God's working on their heart. When you forget about to pray for them, Jesus is interceding for them. You can't save everybody. You can't save anybody. Plant the seed, water the seed, leave it alone. Got to bring the increase. So, that was my preach for the day. So, 
I'm going, Mom, you've got to stop. You can love on them and pray for them and talk to them. Do you know that, they, do you know that <laughs> this is why I try to teach y'all, don't be Bible thumpers. Don't go around to everybody you meet and try to smack them in the head with the Bible all the time and tell them what they're doing wrong. People are tired of hearing about what they're doing wrong. They would like to know that they serve if they decide to step over a loving and caring and gracious God. One that understands them, one that will keep them and protect them, one that will do just like he done with Gideon and put him on. See, y'all remember the story about Gideon? It said that, and then God put him on. Basically, what literal, literal translation is that God wrapped himself around Gideon. How many of you would like to know that God just wraps himself around you? You don't need a preacher thumping you in the head. You don't need some fanatical Christian coming and thumping you in the head, telling you that, I can't believe you wore blue jeans to church. You're going to go to hell. It's, it's out there is what I'm trying to tell you. It's out there. But I said, Mom, you can't, every time you talk to somebody, you don't have to tell them the 10th commandment says. You, I said, Mom, listen. The best thing that you can do. <laughs> the Bible says that it's the goodness of God that draws people. Why are we always talking about now, I ain't saying we're going to leave the judgment out because God's a just God. But can I tell you that God loves you first? And he loves you last. <laughs> when everybody else would give up on you, God still loves you. But we need to talk to people about the goodness of God and the love of God and not be so hell-bent about them going to hell and burn You, when you scare someone to the kingdom, watch my terminology. I didn't say scare them into the kingdom because you can't. Only the Spirit of God. But when you scare people to the kingdom, all you're doing, you're running them to heaven's gate. You're running them away from hell's gates, running them towards heaven's gates, and that's as far as they go. That's why most of them never hang. And I'm sitting there saying, Mom, listen, do me a favor. Rejoice in the goodness of God and the grace of God. Because I believe, not because I just believe, I know that the will of the Father is that all come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the will of the Father. So do you think that he's going to give up on somebody? Just jump in there and intercede with Jesus. You and Jesus hold hands and pray to the Father that the scales be removed from their eyes and that they begin to see the goodness of God. And then when, when it's done and they've passed on, Why don't we rest in the assurance of God's grace? Why is it so hard for Christians to just say, God, 
I know that you're good. And I know that we've been praying for them. And I know that you didn't give up on them. And I know that your grace is sufficient. And live in that. Because can I tell you, can I tell you something? Not everybody that is buried and somebody said they knew the Lord is going to see heaven. So what you're doing is relying upon false security, false hope. See, I want to rely and rest in the goodness of God because it will never change. But if I rely on the fact that that person made it to heaven, and what happens if, because some say that when we get there, we're going to know everybody and blah, 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 all that, right? What happens, what happens if that's the truth and we get to heaven and we don't see the person? Then what? But there's no tears. Stop. See, you can't. Y'all picking and choosing which verse you want to live by. You're going to tell me it's not going to sadden you? Because you believe that so-and-so went to heaven? And you went up there and they go, um, yep, he's not on the list. And you're going to go, oh, goody. See what I mean? How some of this theology stuff just doesn't mix. It just drives me nuts. But anyway. Mom gets a text message from a doctor that was at the memorial service that we did not know and that did not make himself known. He sent the pastor that done the, the memorial service sent her a text message and said, I just thought you would like to know that one night I got a text message from Justin. And in the text message, he basically spoke of how, how scared he was and all that he ever all that he knew was to turn to God. That's all he knew. And he asked the man if the man would lead him in the sinner's prayer. Now he asked the doctor this. He asked the right doctor at the right time that had the right answer. I want to meet this doctor. Because he said, I don't think it's so much about how we pray. He said, I believe if it's sincere, God will take care of it. He said, so that night, so I'm not as, I'm not as sad for Justin. I'm not sad for him at all. I wish he could have lived a better life, but he didn't, and it didn't, and, but I know right now, he's more grounded than I am. He's more secure now than I am. See, y'all ain't getting it. Because see, you still got your will you have to fight. He surrendered his.
The love of God for us never, ever stops. Have you ever put this in your head? That if he doesn't change yesterday, today, and forever, sinner or no sinner, he still loves them. Chose hell over heaven. He still loves them. That's his creation. He hates the sin. He doesn't hate the person. See, it's hard. It's, I'm sitting there looking at y'all going, uh, it's hard for y'all to fathom that, ain't it? That God loves you in your worst state and in your best state. And he knew how bad you was going to be, and he still chose to die for you. He still, man, Jesus put himself before you. How does that make you feel? No, but how does that make you think? He put himself before you, or he put you before himself. He chose to die so that you could live. And we treat him in such a manner as a magic genie. I'm rubbing the base. Right? He's, he's our Santa Claus. We go to him when we need something. Or when life is bad or we're shook up. But have you ever considered the love that he had for you? When he said, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, I'm going to love you anyway. I asked some of y'all to die for your husbands or your wife. You would say, can we talk for a couple weeks maybe about this? Because they're not as good as you might think they are, Pastor. They're, they're not all holy like you think they are, Pastor. They live a different life at home than what they do at church, Pastor. Do you really want me to die? Jesus did. Thought you said you loved them. See the difference between past knowledge love and foreknowledge love? Jesus knew you was going to mess up and still done it. If you knew that somebody was going to cheat on you or do you wrong, you would marry him. If you do, you probably, well, never mind. But I think God wants to talk to you this morning about the love that you carry for others. Or the lack of it. Would, would you find a way somehow this morning to say, God, you know what? I don't love the way you loved me. And I want you to help me. See, I left Friday with the hope that the love of Christ would be exposed to the part of the family that doesn't see it. 
because all they can see is how bad life is and how much wrong they've done, and they're reminded by family how wrong they've done. Don't you love it when family tells you that you've been bad? I just wish they would go and find a hole. Most of us know we've done wrong when we do it. I don't need to be reminded, persecuted about it. What I need you to do is love me through it. Y'all okay? Are you okay? I mean, you don't ever know what you're going to get when you come to church. I don't ever know what I'm going to get when I come to church. I'm starting to get used to this. And as soon as I get used to it, he's going to change it up on me again. He does it all the time. I think he's just playing with me. Use me like a little pawn. Probably because I am. Don't live life in regret and wish that you would have. See, if you'll turn it now, I'm telling you the benefits. But yeah, it takes up my time. and I promise you, man, I wish I had about another three hours with you. If you'll turn your life to where what really matters is what you can do for others and what you can do for God, he will flood you. He, he, will, he will cause people to love you in ways that you've never been loved. He'll cause you to love people in ways that you've never loved. And I'm telling you, you, if we could grasp the love of God, I think that's a key that opens up a whole new realm of the kingdom. We just have to desire that. And I'm not saying you go and even though Jesus said it, I'm not going to tell you. you I'm going to have to let him tell you. Go and sell everything <laughs> and give it away. Ain't that what he said? And that dude said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Remember? Hey, the rich man said, I've done it all. I've kept this and done it. What? What else can I do? He said, sell it. And he said, nah. I'll see you around. I mean, as funny as that, that's sad. Because everything that you have and everything that you possess was given to you by God and it come by way of his hand. Treat things as if they're not yours. Treat them as if they're God's. God said, I give seed to the sower. I bless you that you be blessing. I love you that you'll love others. I give you mercy so that you'll give mercy. I give you peace so that you'll give peace. I'll give you some hope so that you can give some hope. Everything that he gives us is for somebody else. Stop being stingy. 
I don't know where to go with it from here. Tommy, I don't know what you got, but uh, y'all want to just end service in prayer and a couple worship songs? And I mean, you okay? Are you mad at me? Me and God will have a talk about it afterwards, and I'll say, I don't know why you do this to us. And then he'll just look at me and say, just go home. Yes, sir. Let's do that. Let's stand. Tommy, we'll do a couple of songs. Y'all don't want me to, do y'all want me to sing? What? Where's my wife? I can't believe y'all attacked me like that so quick. She'd join you. She would say, if he's not under the anointing, do not let him sing.